the work I do and speaking to ERGs is to make sure that don't forget yourselves. You know, you can't do it alone. It's make sure you have a partner, a co-lead and lean on each other. Don't go in all the time trying to serve everybody. Remember, you also have a need. So think about your health, think about self-care, think about programs just for yourselves to, to rest and refresh. And, and if you need to take a step back, take a step back. Welcome to the Inclusive Leaders Podcast, the place where you'll hear strategic and tactical advice shared by diversity, equity, and inclusion experts. This podcast is brought to you by Matheson.io, the world's first DEI operating system. If you're looking for DEI assessments, benchmarking tools, sourcing support, training, and more, look no further. Go to www.matheson.io. The link to connect with us is in the description. Let's get back to the episode. All right. Um, So we're going to go ahead and jump in. Lola, could you let us know a little bit about who you are and what you do? Hi, Robert. Thank you. Hi, my name is Lola Adeyemo, and I am an employee resource group expert. (laughs) And the word expert doesn't mean that I know everything there is to know about ERG, but it means that I focus on ERG across the entire life cycle. So helping companies build internal communities and and optimize those communities. So whatever name you call them, councils, um, employee resource group, business resource groups, how do we start them? How do we run them effectively? And how do we develop our employees who support these um, initiatives? And I also do speaking around these topics to uh, corporate organizations and and at conferences. And um, I have workshops that I facilitate around the topics. It's cool that you are um, an ERG expert. I love that. Um, And so to dive a little bit deeper into your story, how'd you become so passionate about DEI and and ERG specifically? Uh, From my own experience, I Mm. never used to refer to myself as a... (laughs) a DEI expert and my background is actually scientist and I worked in the biotech industry, um, but ERGs really helped me uh, with getting connected, getting plugged in at work. So I joined ERG, I, I started off as a member and then I took up leadership roles and eventually I got tapped on the shoulder to move into the DEI role um, and I just really um, felt connected to a lot of the ERGs, not just to the ones that I identify with. And being in a position to support the ERGs, I also was able to identify uh, some of the gaps. And and so supporting ERGs um, started while I was in corporate. And then uh, when I took a step back and started my own company, QI Mindset, I wanted to focus on that. How do I support these communities that are working actively inside the organization? That's amazing. And I'm, you know, I'm incredibly uh, passionate about transferable skills. And I think, um, you know, you being a scientist, that's a really rare thing, you know, when you go ahead and uh, transition into DEI, um, where there's some things that... uh, basically helped you identify gaps in DEI that you kind of um, you kind of brought from your training from being a scientist? Yeah, I think the first thing for me was the gap, right? Mm-hmm. Is, you know, we have the techie folks and then we have <laughs> the people folks. And there was always this sense of, you know, we do things this way, we do things way th- this way. And I said, you know, that, that organizations cannot function with 
either of these groups uh, by themselves. So we have to learn to bridge those gaps. And, and those gaps exist in every organization, within every team, and you know, just really drives back to, okay, the analytical part of me brings those scientific skills and then the people side of me you know I, I love to be around people um, I never want things to become too technical that you forget the human aspect of things so I, I think I was able to connect with the scientists and the engineers and the tech folks and then also connect with the people 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 uh, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase <laughs> um, that's awesome and you know I I know how it is being an ERG leader, and I feel like, um, you know, we're human, of course, we, we get tired and maybe even burnt out. Um, and what should ERG succession plans look like um, in the event that people get burnt out or that they're just really tired of that? Yeah, so that, you know, it's easy to give the advice. We know that the reality is really up to the organization, um, because what happens most times is there's few people who are trying to do so much who are trying to drive change and maybe in the last two years there's been more support or more um, attention paid to ERGs but before 2020 what happens is people would stand up and want to start ERG and companies would expect these individuals to prove the need for the ERG to us. So people will have to go the extra mile and do all this work to show the company that we need these groups. Um, so what happens is the ERG leaders get burned out because they are doing so much to convince the company that this is needed. They are doing so much to serve the population that they represent. And, and so uh, part of the work I do and speaking to ERGs is to make sure that don't forget yourselves. You know, you can't do it alone. It's make sure you have a partner, a co-lead and lean on each other. Don't go in all the time trying to serve everybody. Remember, you also have a need. So think about your health, think about self-care, think about programs just for yourselves to, to rest and refresh. And, and if you need to take a step back, take a step back. You know, be very um, open and transparent with each other. Uh, make sure it's not just you have co-leads so that if you need to the next couple of months I just have so much going on I have to take a step back then that's okay right so don't forget about yourself and and um, your health right and what is what does self-care typically look like I know that some people they'll take hey let me take a week off some people um, might uh, take an afternoon or even just focus on uh, maybe a bubble bath in the evening. Um, but what does uh, self-care typically look like? Are you talking about me or you're talking about as an ERG leader? <laughs> either either way, either one, yeah. Well, for me, so I network a lot. I connect with people. I work with people. Self-care for me is alone time. Mm. Self-care for me is a clear calendar, like no meetings, no um not connecting with people. Ideal self-care for me is going to the beach. I love the sound of nature and by myself and, and just relax. Um, I'm not a take a nap kind of person or take a bubble part <laughs> bad kind of person, um, but just me time. Then I like to watch movies during the day. So, you know, just go to the almost empty movie theater 
and relax. And so whatever that looks like for you um, as an ERG, as an ERG leader, self-care might just be, we'll have an happy hour together. We'll all hang out. We don't have an agenda. We're not planning any event, but just relaxing and, and chatting. So whatever that looks like, incorporate it into the schedule, incorporate it into your calendar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think building community um, is really important when it comes to ERGs because you get a chance to learn about each other and people really gravitate to you a little bit more when you, um, when you're just open and just like, not just your uh, work person, work, work persona, I would say. Um, but, um, and I, what is- and I think it's also depends on the ERG, right? So, mm. um, one of the things that I always teach in my ERG workshop is your ERG is different from the next ERG, even though you are in the same company, right? Mm. Um, the, Disability ERG, for example, might have, a very, might have a very low membership or leadership, but their focus might also be very different. And, and so when we're talking about self-care, maybe it's just we're taking off no programming for the rest of the year because there's only three of us who are trying to make all these accommodation changes within the organization. So for the next couple of months, we're not going to meet. We're just going to um, be silent and then will regroup in, in three months. For the Black ERG, if the focus is on networking, if the focus is on connecting with each other, the happy hour might work because there's a lot of members, right? And so mm-hmm. getting people to step out of the company and just relax my help. Um, I had a working parent ERG and they would organize um, events and get other non-parents to volunteer. So that the time was really about the parents coming and just being um, at the organization. So again, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to ERG, it depends on what the focus is and how you can build in care for that group. That's awesome. Um, and what, is, what does ERG optimization mean? Um, and why, why is it important to organizations? Yeah, so... Um, one of the other things that, so before I quit corporate, one of the things I recognized then is that a lot of times ERGs, we hear a lot about ERGs that is doing the most or as the most people, right? And that's what we always talk about. A lot of times there's always more than a few ERGs that are struggling. And, and so there's the tendency to kind of absorb these things or to feel like it's a competition. And so using the word optimization is to say your ERGs can always get better. What is your process for making sure that you are giving each ERG what they need? And so, you know, even a thriving ERG or a seemingly thriving ERG might have challenges. Maybe their focus is just on succession right? Like we're doing really great. And that's because we've had the same person leading for five years and we've been doing the same program for five years. You know, maybe there needs to be a process for how to transition that or how to do more or how to get more members, whatever that is. A new IERG might be struggling with something entirely different, right? So what you want to do is to make sure that in the context of your organization, you are looking at your ERGs, you are accessing where they are and you're giving them what they need where they are and and part of that of course will include looking forward like where are we right now what is the biggest need we have how do we move to the next level that answering that question is going to be key to making sure that your ERGs are feeling satisfied and they are moving forward 
and and you know it's not about competing with each other it's about growing um as a group and then building advancing the organization dei initiative collectively exactly you know when it comes to ergs i know that um passions are really high at that first or second ERG meeting. It's like, oh, we're awesome. And then around the fourth or sixth <laughs> meeting, the attendance gets a little sparse um, and people don't don't show up. Um, how do you revitalize the group and, and get people back into the ERG meetings? So when you say ERG meetings, um, again, it depends. So there's ERG meetings, there's ERG events. So it depends on how it's structured. So, so, so some ERGs have, um, I've had ERGs where they have meetings like every month, and this is only the leadership. Everybody else is invited to events. There are ERGs that have leadership micro meetings and then um, recurring uh, co connection points for the ERG members. So again, is first making that determination as a group. We want to meet every two, I don't know, every two months, every six weeks, every four weeks, we want to meet. What is that meeting for? What's the purpose for that meeting and who is invited, right? So if this is a planning meeting, is that something that we want everybody to come to? Or is it only a select few? If this is a connection, networking, development-focused meeting, then switch things up so that people don't get bored, people don't lose interest. Maybe switch up the leadership, switch up the theme for the conversation. Um, for example, if it's an ERG that is focused on professional development, every month, those meetings should have uh, a different person talking about a different topic or different resources being shared. If it's an ERG leadership only meeting, make sure that for each meeting, you send an agenda before the meeting to say, hey, for this call, we're just going to focus on these, right? If it's people just coming together and talking about the same thing over and over again, and the same people are leading the conversation and everybody else is kind of following along, it could become very monotonous and, and people lose interest. So Defining all of that ahead um, helps make sure that those meetings are very effective. Um, you know, just to switch gears a little bit, I know that retention overall is really a problem right now. Um, so through the work that you've been doing, um, what have you seen, at the, what have been the key differences um, or differentiators in terms of employee retention? What's really keeping people at their companies? Well, <laughs> that's different. <laughs> that's different for everybody. Um, but I know that when people are engaged, they have a higher chance of staying. And, and, you know, that's just true across the board is what's engaging you. And that's why sometimes it's not a bad thing for people to leave because maybe it's not the right place. I mean, I celebrate people that um, make the move to leave. It's, it might not be the right spot for that, for that season. And, and, and organizations, you also even learn not to fear that. It's more important that what message your employees are walking away with when they leave. You know, eventually people leave, people move around. But for people that stay, for people that are engaged, um, I think trust, the trust level within the organization, um, it, it, it doesn't mean we have arrived or we have gotten there as an organization, but it means that we see that our leadership is really putting in the work and is no more, is not, is much more than just um, 
speaking it is living it and, and putting action behind those words. So we are getting to a level where we trust our leadership. We see a lot of things being implemented and we have visibility to the plan, right? We feel like we are a part of the decisions that are being made and we feel aligned with the direction that the organization is going. So if you make it more than just coming to work, doing the bare minimum and going, if you get your employees connected, this is part of what um, builds that engagement that keeps people there. And, and it's not just in their, their, their current job. Um, a lot of the companies that talk about people leaving, they have tons of openings, right? Sometimes you, you miss out on the fact that these people can also look around and find a different role within your organization that you maybe didn't know, or maybe they didn't know. And, and ERGs are very good at helping people discover that. Uh, a different passion, a different role, a different network outside of your day job that you could potentially be interested in um, a career in that that area. Yeah, I think those um, ERG meetings or even events that are uh, combined with, let's say, um, BIPOC and AAPI or something like that, when those meetings are combined, I feel like when you can talk to people from different uh, departments, you get to learn about different opportunities and just um, learn a lot more in general, you know? Yeah. Um, is that what you noticed too? Yeah, no, that's absolutely, I mean, that's what I experienced too, mm -hmm. right? Um, before, so let me backtrack. Before I got involved with ERG, uh, when I was in corporate, my default is to move, to start to put my resume out. Whenever I start to feel restless or like, I'm not, I don't like what I'm doing. I'm not, you know. Like I just feel bored <laughs> or not engaged anymore. I start to put my resume out. And I remembered um, the first time I realized, wait, I could actually look internally was because of ERGs, was because I started attending ERG events and I met all these other people from different departments. And I realized there's so many things going on at this company that I wasn't even aware of. And I already have a network here, right? So Whenever I start, I just move around. I mean, maybe that's a millennial thing, whatever people want to call it. But <laughs> I just start to apply to other jobs. I will browse job descriptions outside and and just um, look for ways to switch to a different company. But for, for the first time, I realized I wanted to explore internally. And ERGs exposed me to that. I got a chance to network and connect with people that worked in different departments um, where originally I was doing my job within this bubble. And then I went for ERG events and I started to see that there's a lot I don't know about other departments. So um, I ended up, you know, connecting with people. I talked to my manager about it, actually, and he gave me names of people within different. Uh, I, I, I know that's a privilege in itself to have a manager right. who understood uh, because I said, you know, I'm, I'm exploring what's next for me. And he literally gave me names of people in different functions. And he said, I have a conversation with them. So I set up one-on-one -on -one and I talked to people and just, oh, what do you do in your department? How did you get to the career point where you are? And just understanding what those functions do um, outside made me realize I can actually find a different job within the same company and it will feel like a brand new role. Um, I don't always have to step out. That's awesome. ERGs can lead to career mobility in a way. That's yeah. beautiful. Um, and I know you have uh, monthly calls with other DEI professionals. Um, and I just wanted to ask, what, what has been one of the questions that most people typically 
have across the board? Like something that people always ask you. Um, metrics. How you, metrics. <laughs> metrics and data. <laughs> and I think that there's two parts to it, right? So, so the all things ERG monthly call is um, every first Friday, and my focus is really for the ERG leaders. But what happened is that we have we have maybe about 70, 75% of ERG leaders. And then we have ERG managers and DEI leaders on these calls. Um, so it's a good mix. I mean, depending on the on the size of the company, sometimes the DEI manager also is a part of an ERG or uh, started off as an ERG. Um, but what, what people always ask is, what should we measure? And I always like to flip it, right? What should we measure? Um, as a DEI leader, as an organizational leader, there's a way you can help with that. You can share data with the ERG leaders because if people are struggling with what to measure, that means they don't even have a starting point. So sometimes you need to be transparent about your organizational data and that will give each of the ERGs a starting point to say, this is where we are as a company. So which of these needles are we as an ERG in a position to move? And that gives us data. For the ERG leaders, I say measure everything. You know, measure everything. If you're just starting out, just measure. What would happen is you would gradually see the things that you need and maybe some things that you don't need to measure um, ultimately. But at the beginning, measure everything. How many people are showing up? How many people are attending your leadership meetings? How many people are responding or asking questions or filling out your survey, right? Measure everything. Um, but the best way to make that effective as an organizational leader, as a DEI leader, is to share data with the ERGs because that's what guides their metrics, right? If I just measure that 100 people attend my events, okay, what does that mean in the context of the organizational data? Um, and, and again, you know, a lot of that starts off very manually. A lot of people are using the tools that are existing. Uh, but as the organization advances, this is where you start to talk about tools and resources uh, because ultimately it's large size data we're talking about is uh, big size companies primarily. And then, um, well, that I work with uh, is what I mean. But data metrics, um, know when to scale to, to uh, automated tools uh, because at the beginning, you don't need to invest in tools. And that's why I started the ERG resource series. So separate from the monthly calls, um, I also bring in organizations that have tools and Madison is going to be one of those nice. <laughs> in January, hopefully, is the ERG tech space is pretty new. There's so many things being developed right now, but you know, we ask questions about metrics, we ask questions about data. It's going to be different for every company and every industry. So how do we make this scalable? How do we move this out of manual? Um, even though we start manually, we start small, we start where we are, uh, but in order to make these uh, built into our systems as a company, we, we have to think of tools. And have you seen a focus on retention or more of a focus on uh, revenue when it comes to the, the metrics that the DEI leaders are focusing on? I think revenue <laughs> is still a priority, uh, but for the organizations that are getting it right, there's the, the shift um, to, so industry-wide, there's still a focus on revenue. We are still talking about revenue, um, but 
the goal is to move people to retention, engagement, growth, all of those other areas. Well, I feel like you've definitely shared a lot of great information here today. Um, if someone else had additional questions to ask you, um, how should people get in touch with you? I'm on LinkedIn, which I, you know, hopefully you shared my LinkedIn link, but then I have a personal website, www.lolaspeaker.com. And that's the easiest way to kind of see my topics and, and, and link to, uh, my services and, um, that I offer. That's awesome. Um, all right. So before we let you go, if there was one action you would urge our DEI listeners to do after this, um, what would that action be? Our DEI leaders, um, I would say invest in training and development for your ERG leaders or the passionate employees who are engaged that you have, right? If you don't, if you're not calling them ERG, if you're calling them BRG, if it's just a task uh, force council, you have a group of people that are going above and beyond within your company and they are doing these things or they are passionate about it. It doesn't mean they are trained. There's an opportunity there, you know, invest in training them, maybe conference attendance, maybe uh, organizing workshops or internal programs, but training development internally. Can't end it any better than that, Lola. Thank you so much for joining us for the Voices of Inclusion podcast. Hope you have a good day. Thank you so much, Robert. If you're looking for DEI assessments, benchmarking tools, sourcing support, training, and more, look no further. Go to www.matheson.io and book a call to speak with us. The link is in the description. We're looking forward to connecting with you next time.